week's episode of the Habs Forum, as always, brought to you by SeatGiant.ca. Use promo code THEHABSFORM at checkout to get yourself 5% off your tickets. So tonight we're going to talk about uh, the previous game since we last spoke, where the Canadians won a lot of games, but lost the ones they needed to win, which is unfortunate. Uh, we're going to talk about the final playoff push, the first player to get 70 points since Thomas Placanitz. The unfortunate injury because uh, someone had to defend his honor. And uh, Kutkin Yemi getting scratched. Now he's on the wing. What's going on? Also some prospects getting signed, getting called up to the Rocket. So let's get to the previous games. Dustin, like I talked about. So we recorded last episode on the night the Canadians won 4-0 against the Islanders. Then 7-4 win against Buffalo. It's going well. Overtime loss against Carolina. 6-1 win against Florida. 6-2 loss against Columbus. Like, come on. Yeah, they lost. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's all the games we couldn't lose that we lost. They lost the two biggest games, and I mean, you know, as much as as much as the loss to the Blue Jackets hurt, I mean, six to two. I mean, I think for me, the the thing that was the most disappointing was just the, how flat they looked in that game. But I think the game that if the Canadians don't make the playoffs, probably the thing that we're going to look back to as the as the difference maker was choking against the Hurricanes. I think it was a little over, just under four minutes left in the game. Yeah. I think when they tied it up, yeah, that, that would have made a, we we would be in the playoffs right now. Yeah, no, that that definitely. I mean, the, part of that is that since then, too, Columbus has been on fire, while Carolina uh, has not been as on fire as Columbus because at the time it looked like Carolina was weren't going to catch them, and Columbus mm-hmm. was a team to catch. Like, if we do win against Columbus that game, that is still a huge flip, though, because at this point, Columbus is uh, it's two points ahead of the Canadians. If we they, we would have 94, they would have 92. <laughs> I mean, it makes, that's true. It makes I mean, a big difference, too. You know? That's true. If, if, I mean, if they would have just won outright either one of those games, yeah. then, I mean, you know, we'd, we'd be sitting in a, in a pretty good position. But, but Columbus now, they've won five in a row. Well, they've had a pretty easy schedule. And they have a really the easy Canadians. The Canadians had a pretty easy schedule. That's true. Yeah. I mean, right. Now we're getting into a hard schedule. Yeah, but. We're getting into into some tough games. Obviously, the Jets was was always going to be a tough game, and they they obviously played really well against yeah. the Jets. But yeah, the last three games are definitely going to be some tough ones. I mean, we got uh, the Lightning coming up uh, tonight, and then we got the Capitals on Thursday. Finish it off with the Maple Leafs on Saturday. Now, what's exciting about tonight is. Uh, well, tonight all three teams are playing, which is also going to happen on the last day of the year on Saturday. Uh, but it's just it's just so poetic that the two teams that the Columbus and Carolina are playing is uh, Toronto for Carolina and Boston for Columbus, which I think we both agree are by far the two biggest rivals to the Montreal Canadiens. Yep. And uh, we'll never root as hard for them as I will tonight. I mean, I hope Austin Matthews scores 15 goals tonight and they talk about him on CBC for the rest of the of the year. Like, I don't care. They probably Just, will. They, they probably would. They already do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so yeah, give me, give me a really, really exciting night. And the Canadians, though. No easy feat tonight, though, against Tampa Bay. It's going to be tough. Uh, apparently, though, Eddie Pasquale is going to be a net for them. So that's going to be, hopefully, a difference maker. I mean, uh, I was just on the, the Habs subreddit, and someone posted the, the comparison of the stats for the two goalies playing tonight. Uh, so you got Carey Price, 34 wins, 23 losses, sinks overtime losses, 2.5 goals against, 917 save percentage, four shutouts. Pasquale, 4.62 goals against average, 0.792 save percentage, no shutouts, but 
a one and zero record. He still won that game. He's never lost in the NHL because he plays for the Tampa Bay <laughs> fucking Lightning. Okay, like they're gonna they're, like Price needs a. I mean, he has been playing amazingly, but tonight he needs to step it up because the thing is Tampa Bay, they've clinched for a long time, but they haven't taken the their. Like they're, they've won eight of the last ten games. Yeah. They're still yeah, going they're, they're balls still to the wall. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're so good. <laughs> I know, exactly. And I mean, I think they want to hit, you know, the, you know they want to be known as one of the best teams ever, which they they very likely are. Um, yeah. That's going to be tough, though, without Vasilevsky and Nets. I mean, Victor Hedman's out as well for the rest of the regular season. So, I mean, they're missing, two, obviously, two of their best players. I mean, but. yeah, that, that's huge for sure. The one thing that worries me about Pascal, and we talked about this before, and we've talked about on this podcast about how it just so happens. I don't know if it's the Canadians that make them look good, but random goalies with zero NHL experience always play sure. well against Canadians. And for, he used to play with the Ice Caps too. Yeah. So former, uh, not a prospect, but former Habs organizational goalie depth, I guess you could say. So maybe for some of our former, some of his former teammates will know his uh, his weak spots. Uh, no, does, actually, does apparently, apparently Pasquale is going to be the only Ice Cap. It's playing tonight for either team. Former ice cap playing for either yeah. team. Okay. So apparently there's no yeah. I mean I didn't look into it, but that's that's what someone had posted. It's let's just trust this random person on Twitter <laughs> that posted that. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's gonna obviously a really important game. Hopefully they they come out like they did against the Jets. Yeah, um, exactly. You, you don't want to see another Columbus performance, but yeah, they, they played really solid against the Jets. Oh yeah, they they definitely did. I mean Price had to come up really big. Obviously, late in the third period, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, they they played a great game, and they're going to need that that performance for the rest uh, for the rest of the season. And uh, before we keep pushing forward, we went quickly through the previous games. Few uh, key things to talk about. I'm, I was I mentioned this in the last podcast, uh, or maybe it's the one before. I really wanted him to get uh, to this uh, number, even though I mean, it's just one extra point it doesn't make that much of a difference. But Max Domi with seventy points on the year. First one since Thomas Placanis, who got exactly 70 points a few years back also. It's just, considering how he came to Montreal, mm-hmm. how some of us were like, oh, most of us were like, oh, Galchenyuk for Domi. I don't know about this trade. Yeah, definitely. Maybe I mean, I know about it now. first, but yeah. uh, definitely looks like Bergevin got the uh, got got the upper hand in that deal for, for sure. sure. I mean, 70 points. I mean, like you, I mean, I think you did mention in the last podcast, hitting 70 points is... Is a significant milestone for sure, and we know these players. No matter what they say, they look at their stats. Oh yeah, for and sure. I'm sure he cared about that too. Uh, and it's just it, it means a lot. And just the fact that he's the first line center for the Canadians, and it's just to think that we today have a 70 point first line center. Yep. And is how where how did that happen? <laughs> Considering where we were last year, it's it's crazy, and a bunch of amazing center prospects coming up. Exactly, and all the good center depth yeah. they have now. I mean, Dano's exploded this year. Yeah, Kakinami's looked amazing. Uh, Paling just signed, so I mean, we're looking looking pretty good. Definitely wouldn't expected this, uh, you know, even like two years ago. No, if anything, if we had a podcast this time last year, we would have been talking about how not only do the Canadians have no depth whatsoever at. Arguably the most important position in, in, in hockey. I mean, it's up there with goaltending and, I mean, defense. I mean, they're all important at the end of the yeah. day. But you need to have, like, if you look at the teams that win the Cup, you, you've had bad goalies win the Cup. You've had bad defenses in Pittsburgh win the Cup. But l- lately, they all have a tandem at center, you know? You, yeah. you all have the, 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 the well, at least one elite guy uh, in the middle. And uh, the Canadians, it just didn't seem like it was never going to happen. And all of a sudden, there's all these possibilities. I mean, Domi's not elite yet. The hope is... Cup Kinyemi can be elite. I mean, 
Domi's just like a tier below elite, I would say, at this point. But he's he's up there. He's definitely number one center. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he he you know potentially a second line center down the road when Kokaniemi does take over that 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 first line center role. Hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years. And if that happens, Dano would be the best third line center in the league. Yeah. Well, I mean, potentially Domi also moves over to the wing. That's true. That that could be yeah, a possibility. But even then, I mean, you got Paitling, Jordan Wheel. Nate Thompson are hell of uh, fourth line centers as well. And Andrew jo- Shaw can always play center. So Jordan Wheel, another like another steal. It looks like so Jordan Wheel, who got the trade deadline for uh, Michael Shepard, right? It was that that yeah. was the Shepard trade. Ridiculous trade. Yeah, it's just been kill. I, I mean, I've liked Thompson too. I think he's been a great mm-hmm. stable presence on the on the fourth line, able to pick get take some important face offs. But Wheel, he just he steps out. He like he you, you notice him on the ice and he's. I mean, he's 26. He's not too old either, and it just seems like another. Um, what's uh, what's what's the other move that I'm thinking of? It's on the tip of my tongue. That that uh, <laughs> is, is it. Byron that I'm thinking of. Like there's like it's just another yeah, guy. Yeah. Like I don't think he'll get the Byron's no, level. No, but but, it, but it's like another. Oh no, it's Armia too. That like he's been a great addition to the Canadians, yeah. and we got for free basically. Yeah. Just been getting those those players to plug some holes left and right. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, this obviously panned out extremely well. They gave up absolutely nothing. Shepu, I mean, he was never really going to play with the Canadians again. He would have been a good player for the Rocket. But to get Jordan Wheel, he's right now uh, third in point per games of the guys, all, all the players that were traded roughly around the trade deadline, even ahead of Duchesne. He's a guy that just fits, seems to fit the mold so well. And, I mean, he's great in face-offs. He's great on the penalty kill, mm-hmm. even getting a bit of power play time as well. So, I mean, he's really doing it all. Seems to have Claude Junier's trust as well. Um, I mean, he, basically, I mean, the way that I posted this on Twitter the other day, too, he's basically everything that the Canadians hoped they were getting in Matthew Pekka. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did see that you posted that. That makes uh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, and uh, Matthew Pekka has been just, uh, I mean, you hated him since since day do. one. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but you mentioned the, the PK. He's great on the PK. The PK, as terrible as the power play has been for the Canadians mm-hmm. this year, where the PK is right now is phenomenal. I mean, you got Dano and Lekkanen, as much as he struggled scoring, is great on the PK. You got uh, Paul Byron's always been amazing on the PK, and now, like you mentioned, you got Nate Thompson, you got Jordan Wheel. I mean, there's so many guys I would trust out there in a crucial yeah. penalty kill. I mean, on defense is where it gets a bit more iffy. You got yeah. Shea Weber, who's yeah, your main Jamie PK Bain. guy? Yeah. Well, I mean, Claude Julien loves Jordy <laughs> Ben on the PK. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, who else are you gonna put out? There? I, I agree, <laughs> but I guess I don't know. But actually, I mean, I've been. It took me a while to get around to him, but Brett Kulak's been looking pretty good lately. He has been. Yeah, he you has. Know? I mean, at the end of the a... day, he's a bottom pair defenseman, but he's a solid bottom bottom pair yeah, defenseman. Yeah, he's he had a bit of a rough stretch there, you know, maybe at the beginning of 2019. But I mean, the last couple of games, last couple of weeks, absolutely, he's been he's been great. There is something about his <laughs> name, you know, Brett Kulak. I can't imagine anyone with that name ever being a great athlete, you know? I think that's what took me a second to get around to. You know, I couldn't rap like Victor Mete. As opposed to Mario Herc. <laughs> Am I a good athlete? <laughs> no. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I, I base a lot of my opinions in life based on, based on a, a how cool sounding someone's name is. And Brett Kulak is just... Didn't do it for me, but he's proving me wrong. He's proving me wrong. I mean, that was another great... Pickup also by Bergevin, yeah, the one that you know tends tends to go under the radar. I mean, he basically traded two AHL players for him, Matt Tormina and uh, and Rinat Valiev. I mean, it's definitely kind of hurt the hurt the rocket in the end. 
Yeah, man. But, at, uh, at the end of the day, I think you're one of the only people that actually care that much about. It. You enjoy. They're gonna it be. All. They're gonna be pretty damn exciting next year. Yeah, right? next year's gonna be fun. I mean, already now that that uh, that uh, Josh uh, Josh Brooks there. Yeah, Josh Brooks makes me more interested in the team. Ryan Paling yeah. and Nick Suzuki. I mean, we'll see. I would say that they're probably gonna end up in uh, in Laval next year. You're gonna have. Oh yeah, at least at the beginning. Michael McNiven and Caden Primo battling it out in nets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be exciting. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. We're gonna to get to the process a bit later, but yeah, I think uh, next year the the rocket uh, are gonna be a lot more, uh, a lot more exciting uh, to watch uh, for sure. Uh, aside from that, yeah. So I touched on this a little bit about defending your honor. I mean, there's a lot of. I think I'm not against fighting in hockey, but fights like the Paul Byron fight is ones where I'm like, it, it makes me consider the argument. I get like he got suspended. The other guy, I don't even remember his name. Yeah, Mackenzie Weger. Yeah, Mackenzie Weger. He got injured. I get it. Byron's obviously the type of guy that's gonna want to like do the right thing. But he had like a hundred pounds on him. No, no, no. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, I mean come on. <laughs> it was uh, so hard to watch. He just knocked him out cold. Well, as soon as I saw the, as soon as I saw them starting to fight, yeah. Byron obviously had no idea what he was doing. No, no. The problem. I mean, how many fights has he been in his life? I mean, right off the bat, you knew that he was going to get hurt. So, I mean, the guy, like you said, I mean, he had roughly, I think, 50 pounds on him. He had four inches. I mean... Looked pr- like 100 on TV. Well, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason in professional fighting why they have weight classes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. Th- th- that should have never happened. And honestly, man, honestly, I mean, in regards to fighting in, in hockey, I mean, I've always been like, oh, whatever, I don't really care either way. But... I don't know. After seeing that, obviously, I, I like I, Byron's I, one of my favorite players. Yeah, on the Canadians. exactly. Yeah, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, all the leagues are trying to get rid of head head injuries. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we're you know constantly worrying about head hits. I mean, that's how Weger got hurt in the first place. But you're going to allow them to punch each other in the head. Yeah, yeah. No, with it doesn't. No protection. It doesn't make any th- sense. Make any and sense. then I, I think back at uh, the the uh, George Peros injury. Yeah, that was bad too. Where, but that's always a possibility. Oh, for sure. You know they're on fucking skates. Like <laughs> skates it doesn't make any ice. sense. Like you, you watch American TV and people are always making fun of Canadians, how insane we are because we're so quote unquote <laughs> nice people. You know that's the stereotype. But then we put blades on our feet and start throwing fists on ice. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it uh, really, I mean, the thing I always defended it because of fights like. Like a great fight, like a um, what is it? A Ginlan the Cavalier to happen like at this point, like uh, a decade and a half ago. But when you those almost never happen. I've never been a fan of those straight at the face off. The two goons they got nothing better to do, start fighting. And, and honestly, when I go to places like like Boston does this, and it's before the game. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Boston has some 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 knowledgeable fans. But like the the crowd never gets as loud as when they do that little montage for all the fights and all that, and it just seems so like, mm. is this really the main reason you're here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I don't know. It's exciting. Don't get me wrong. It but, is exciting, yeah. but I mean, again, you you're trying to get rid of all these head injuries in all these leagues. I mean, all the league, you know, obviously the NFL. I mean, they're trying to do things. The NHL is trying to get rid of head hits and that. And I mean, just take a look at some of the some of the fighters. I mean, guys like Derek Bugard and Wade Belak, yeah. guys like that. What they what they went through in that. I mean, there's obviously a problem there. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. We're 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 finding out more and more about uh, about head injuries uh, every day. It seems like. I mean, you and me both played football, not for that long. It's not like we played at uh, an elite level either. 
but we probably had some 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 micro concussions that are going to affect us oh, yeah, in, for in, sure. the, in well, the, I the long run. I had one play hockey a few years ago. Yeah, I got, got one, a goalie, but a guy ran into me. Obviously, it wasn't a fight, but um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hurting your hurting your head. I mean, yeah, I mean, and and, and like we said, that, that that Byron fight. I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much, but it was just he got. That uppercut straight away. It took like half a second, and it was oh, over. Yeah. And he drops straight down, and then he tries to skate away on his own. And like I don't, unless I missed it, I don't think the Canadians release anything specific about it. They just keep game to game saying he's not gonna play. Yeah. Well, he's he's supposed to play tonight, though. Oh, is he, is he supposed to play yeah. tonight? So that's that's uh, good. that's okay. good news. Okay, at least. so that, that 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 usually means because they I don't they wouldn't risk it. Uh, if uh, I mean, Byron's the type of guy who'll want to go out there regardless, yeah. but with with what's in place now to protect head injuries, I don't think they would let that happen. But yeah, at this point now, after seeing that, thinking back at the George Peros fight, if the season ended and Gary Bettman went on stage after a few boos and said that there's no more fighting in hockey, I'd be like, eh, I mean, I'd be a little, part of me would be disappointed because it's like part of the game's leaving, but at the end of the day, the next season would start and I'd, yeah, so and it's I'd time to move you know, on. I would, I would yeah. 50 games would happen and I'd be like, oh yeah. There's no fights anymore. Like, it wouldn't really affect it that much. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's time to, I mean, you know, you, you got to be progressive. You can't just yeah. live in the past and, and keep it just, you know, for the old timers like Don Cherry. Well, actually, did you see Don Cherry? Uh, he he used this as an opportunity to, I was only half watching, but I think this is what I picked up on. He, he used this as an opportunity to talk about how we should, every team should have a goon again. Because we need a goon out there. And he actually used... What's the guy on uh, Tom Wilson? He used Tom Wilson as an example, the dirtiest player in the oh, NHL, yeah, saying that like we need more Tom Wilsons out there. Yeah. It wouldn't have been a bet like that. I don't really like Delorier, but that would have been a good time to have him on the ice because that probably wouldn't wouldn't necessarily happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I agree that if that's a reality, it's good to have a guy like that on the yeah. ice, but. I'd rather that reality not be well, there exactly. and not having to watch place. fucking Delorier on the ice playing like a <laughs> like 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 a terrible hockey player. That's how he plays. Anyway, so it's good. I, I didn't know he was coming back tonight. Actually, yeah. So that's uh, that's good. Hopefully, I mean, you're always worried when they when they come back, especially when it's only a few games because one bad hit and then it can be really serious. But yeah. anyways, moving on. So uh, we we touched on it at, in the intro a bit too. Then there's uh, Kudkiniemi, the big story. So he, he got scratched one game. Ice time has been dipping down, down, down constantly. And now today playing on the wing. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's playoff push time. It's not like he's been playing phenomenally. But yeah. you don't want it to hurt his confidence, right? Well, I mean, I don't know. The guy's been play, I mean, he's, play, he's playing in the NHL at 18 years yeah. old. I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt his confidence that much. I'd be pretty confident if I was 18 <laughs> playing in the NHL. But, uh, I mean, you know... I, I think there was a bit more, you know, you could make the argument when uh, when he got scratched a little bit earlier in the season when he was scratched in the in the California road trip. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't mean, like that. You know, yeah. at that point he was he was playing really well, but I mean he he really hasn't been very good as of late. Well, that's a good point. Do those things coincide? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously Julien saw something that a lot of us didn't see. Okay, so you're saying that Julien noticed Kutkiemi tra- trending down before we did. Yeah. But what if Kutkiemi getting scratched no, is what has created the fact that now maybe he has a bit more hesitation in his game? He's more no, worried about his pos- so. position on the team. No, I doubt that. I mean, Kutkiemi definitely doesn't seem like a like a guy that's uh, that's low on confidence. No, no, no. So, I, 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 mean, I, I, I don't think that's the issue. I, th- I think it's that that 
I mean, this time of season, obviously, it's getting a lot more rougher than it was at the beginning of the season. Definitely. He, he's not used to playing this many games, this uh, of rough, course. Yeah. With this, this high skill level. So, I mean, against Columbus, he was awful. I mean, I saw someone comment on Twitter, actually, that, that I, I did like the, this, and this is how I hope he responds, is that this will show him that he needs to bulk up in the offseason, right? He, yeah. He, he needs to get bigger. He's, he's, got, he's, he's got a tall – he's tall, but he has a small frame. If he could put some muscle, muscle mass on – Man, he could be so fucking dominant. Yeah, yeah, because no, sure. you know he'd, he'd know how to he'd learn how to use it to his advantage. And yeah. well, he's only eighteen, and he's yeah. what, like six two, six three. I mean, yeah. you know, you, at that age, I mean, you still have to grow into your body. Yeah, I mean, no, he's, definitely. You know, it's going to be another two or three years before he he hits at least two or three years before he hits like physical maturity. And I mean, at that point, uh, the sky's the limit for him. But at this point, if I mean, they do squeak into the playoffs, I wonder how much he's going to play. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, because I could see, I could definitely see him getting scratched. Uh, in the although, like you, one could argue that tonight's basically a playoff game. Um, so yeah, I mean, well, we'll see how he does over the last three games. Hopefully, the Canadians do make it. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, uh, but it's just interesting to to think. Uh, and just looking here on uh, on Twitter, actually, Marc Antoine Godin. Uh, has has a quote from Julien about Kotkaniemi saying that he played wing all of last year, so it's not new to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know he's capable offensively. Hopefully, some rest and maybe less responsibility will give us a player that will be really good for us. So, I mean, it, it's 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 a coach quote. You know, it is it is what it is. But I mean, it's it's good. The, 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 it's not just a blind move. Kakiemi has experience on a wing. I mean, it translates yeah. usually pretty well going from yeah. center to oh, wing. Yeah, I, yeah I, th- I think he's going to be fine. I, I don't think there's any reason to panic. I mean, at this point, he's he's just not keep able to keep up the way that he was at the. Are you telling Habs fans not to panic? It's <coughs> mm. true. Take a chill pill. You must be like new. Gary Price yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you must be new to the fandom. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm curious. I, I'm almost like I hope he doesn't do too well on the wing because then Kijanian's gonna want to never put him back on the uh, at center. But, I'm sure yeah. next year, next year again, yeah, next year, be when, it, when it comes There's back. There's no doubt about that. Uh, uh, all right. So then let's uh, let's get more into the the games uh, coming. Actually, one last player news here. Uh, Dano wins the Jacques Beauchamp Trophy. Uh, so Jacques Beauchamp Trophy, for those who don't know, is uh, voted by the media, right? The local yeah. media, right? Yeah. And it's for the unsung hero on the team. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it is a good choice. I don't know if he's necessarily an unsung hero. I mean, I could see why he would get, get voted to, I guess, but... I mean, well, I don't know. Who else would you would you vote for? But here's the thing I would say with Dano... Is that I would argue that 15 games ago, ish, he was 100% the unsung hero. But it's like lately people have caught on to it and been like, oh shit, yeah. Dano's having a career year. Let's talk about this. But now it comes out he's not unsung. So overall, if you talk about the whole season, I think it, it, it does make sense. He's had an amazing yeah, no, it year. Does make sense. I mean, amazing it- year. And like on the list of players to talk about about this year, I mean, he's he's pretty low. Like we're talking about like Domi, we're talking That's about Kotkaniemi, we're talking about Price bouncing back, you know, Weber coming back and all that. Like I know we don't talk about him too much, but he's a huge piece of this team. That's true. Anyway, I, I think he got like uh, it was something like thirty-one out of thirty-nine first place votes. So obviously, I mean, it was uh, that was a consensus uh, among the media. It's definitely not a bad choice. De- definitely, you know, I think it's a good choice. Um, the I mean, other players that. Actually, Jeff Petrie. Yeah, I would have thought Petrie. But Petrie he's, he's sort of it. like the same thing as Dino, where he's not necessarily an unsung hero. Yeah. But. And I would argue that uh, as all, even though Petrie's had an amazing offensive year, I mean, 45 points on defense is great. I and mean, Dino has been more important to the 
I mean, it's hard. I mean, yeah. Petrie <laughs> when the season started without that. Weber is yeah. tough, but I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. And you take out Daniel though, like he's been he's been out there in all the most important situations. Yeah, but Petrie, I mean, he was well. He he kept the ship right, Weber. at the beginning of the year. If you yeah, take for sure, Petrie yeah. out of the lineup, uh, man, the Canadians are in big time. Big, yeah, even yeah, now, yeah, they're yeah. in big trouble. Yeah. I, I mean, but I don't who who can do Domi or Kudyanami or like who? Which other center can play? Like you'd end up having like a wheel. Or a Nate Thompson playing way too many minutes. As great as Wheel's yeah. been, you don't Jordan want him out Wheel, there twenty minutes. I think Jordan Wheel would do a better job replacing Dano than a guy like Jordy Ben or Christian Foline would do replacing Petrie. Right. Okay, you confused me because you called Jordy Ben <laughs> Jamie Ben earlier, and then you said Jordy Ben really slow, and I was like, is he saying it wrong again? But yeah, no, I see what you mean now. <laughs> but yes, yes, in that sense, considering our depth, potentially, I think they would both be huge blows. Yeah, I, I, I would be curious to know who the other votes are. Did they say what were the other votes? Uh, the other guy was Andrew Shaw. Yeah, I could see that too, but I, I feel people have been sense. talking about Shaw though. Yeah, and I forget who the other guy was. I mean, Byron maybe. Byron's like the ultimate. Might have been, By- it might have been Byron. And Byron's I mean, he, like he his was... career long unsung hero, basically. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, he gets like 20 goals a season, and we still don't really talk about him that much. A Tatar number two <clears throat> score on the team. I mean, I, it, the thing is, it's one of Actually, those. It might have been Tatar. It's, it's one of those teams that is kind of like outside of Price, who's obviously the top player on the team. It's it's more of a scoring by committee kind of situation. Max Domi's got a bit of, of an edge at the top. But just overall, it's. You know, you kind of need everyone to show up every game for it to for it to work for this team. So, you can make an argument for a lot of players. I'm not mad at Dano though. No, 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 that's a good pick. Good pick for sure. And uh, so yeah, so that's the the player news. So like yeah, let's get back to the games coming up. So we got Tampa Bay tonight. Like like uh, like uh, we're recording this just before the game. So by the time you listen to this, hopefully the Canadians have won. But now we're scoreboard watching tonight, right? So because even the Canadians lose, it's gonna. Feel, I've been saying all day if they lose, it's over to all my coworkers. But Realistically, if they lose and then Columbus and Carolina win, then it's it's, it's kind yeah, of it's, yeah. it's going to be yeah, almost much. impossible to, to come back. But I mean, it's not the end of the, if they if they lose, but the, like Carolina loses, it's still it's still possible. But then after that, we're going to Washington. So you know, yeah. I mean, Washington not the same team uh, they were last year. I mean, I'm sure they're still hungover. At least Ovi is from winning the <laughs> cup. And then finish in Toronto, which it it would even if Toronto was the worst team in the league, when it's a rivalry, it's going to be a tough oh, yeah, game for sure. And for sure. and Toronto is not the worst team in the league. No, no, definitely. I mean, no. It's, so it's, it's always going to be a tough game, even if the game doesn't really mean anything to them at that point. I mean, I'm sure they're still going to be playing tough. Now, potentially the three best teams in the East. I mean, maybe you put Boston over one of them, but like yeah. it's a rough way to stop start like no, end the sure, year for sure. Definitely, and then, but I mean the the you know the the other side to that as well is that I mean I mean you see with Pasquale playing in Nets tonight these three teams have already yeah. clinched they don't necessarily care that much and you mentioned Edmund not playing I'm I'm like I'm pretty sure if it was the playoffs already oh, yeah. he'd be playing oh, he's, right yeah he's out for the regular season exactly he's gonna be back for game one of the playoffs. anytime they specifically see say for the regular season it's they're just resting him basically and then I mean you have have a team like Columbus their last two games I think their last game in fact is against Ottawa. And I'm sure Ottawa's going uh, to want to keep them out of the playoffs. Oh, that's true, actually. <laughs> that That's true. I didn't think about that. That's so. an interesting game there. Wow. In Ottawa, too. Uh, okay, yeah, that, that that's interesting. I mean, so, I mean, Columbus playing Boston tonight, so that's a tough matchup. What helps is that their last two games are back-to-back on the road. 
Yeah. So that's never easy. No, definitely. I mean, even if they were playing non-playoff teams yeah. or teams with, you know, probably a lot of young guys with a lot to prove, they're you know playing for a contract next year. They want that's to be true. with a big team next year. And we see it every year, right? The 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 spoilers. Teams playing the spoilers, stopping, preventing team from making uh, making the playoffs. But still, you know, Carolina is playing New Jersey and then Philadelphia. Philadelphia, which if I'm not mistaken, have been doing a bit better. At the end of the year, nope. There are three wins and seven losses in yeah, the last ten. Sort of. So maybe they're right in the thick of things. But yeah, yeah. They, oh yeah, that's that's what it was. They were for a bit. Yeah. Then, if I'm not mistaken, they actually lost the loss of the Canadians. Is kind of what when people were like, okay, they're yeah, done. That's, that sort of yeah. finished them off. Yeah. So I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's unfortunate because those two losses, the loss against Carolina and the loss against Columbus is what put the Canadians in this situation, right? We knew that we were ending the season. We've been talking about these last three games for two months. Yeah. We, we knew we didn't want to be in this situation getting here. I mean, at the end of the day, even if they don't make the playoffs, I think this has still been a great year. Yeah. A great it's, transition it's still, year, it's but it's going to be hard. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's still disappointing. I mean, especially if you're fin- finishing the last spot. Of course. Out of the playoffs. Okay. You know? Yeah, then you don't get to be the team that gets swept you by Tampa get, Bay. Yeah, well, <laughs> you never know. Playoffs, no, yeah, playoffs you, never know. you never know. Yeah, well, I, I think I mentioned in the last podcast, but they're the, th- I forget what record that they, they're the third team to, like, they're the third team, I think, to, to win the President's Trophy before anyone yeah. else clinched the playoffs in, like, in like a few decades and the last two to do it got eliminated in the first round so you never there know you what go. can happen for sure especially when you got a goalie like Carey Price in net oh, exactly yeah but uh, yeah I mean we'll see what happens tonight though tonight is we we need Boston and Toronto to have some some good games tonight because those are the two best teams that both teams are, are facing off against all the rest of the season yeah, it's going to be a big uh, big night for sure for all three teams. It's going to be tough games for all three teams. But it, even if all three win, if the Canadians win tonight but the other two teams win too, it's, it's going to be tough for Montreal. Yeah, regardless, it's going to be yeah. tough. Even if the Canadians win and the other two teams lose, it's still going to be... Yeah. I don't know. If, if Carolina loses against Toronto and the Canadians win, then then they can be a bit more... and Because the, the big difference it does here, because right now Carolina has one extra row, so regular or overtime mm-hmm. win. Columbus has 44 and Canadians have 40, so we're never we literally can't catch that. But if Carolina wins in regulate loses uh, in whatever, and Canadians win in regulation, they're gonna tie there and then they're gonna pass them, and then then it's it's, it's a lot more interesting. So then we'd have to see. I mean, well, ideally, I mean, if the Canadians, because right now they're not in charge of their own destiny, right? Yeah. So I mean, ideally, if they can win tonight, one of the other two teams can lose, or well, at least Carolina loses. Then at least we can be, you know, the Canadians can be in charge of their own destiny, have hold their ticket themselves, and don't have to worry about what the other t- other two teams are doing, right? And now I'm just going back because that next tiebreaker is the matchup during the season. Okay, so Canadians just lost in overtime, then they won back in December against Carolina, and I'm assuming they played at least one more time. Would they have played four times? Okay, they lost in November against Carolina. Was there another game? So that's not good. <laughs> no, actually, they, they, they have the tiebreaker. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because the Canadians, they both teams lost one game, but the Canadians lost their game in overtime. So they only played three times? That seems wrong. Well, no, the Carolina won twice then. Oh, wait, yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah. yeah, you're right. They have so, the yeah. yeah. So yeah. Carolina won. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean the one one point up. We'll see what happens. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, hopefully, hopefully we have something to talk about that is not just the draft uh, next time. But uh, we do have some prospects to talk about today. Uh, so, well, let's start with uh, Paling and Primo signing. Primo, I mean, I didn't expect him to not sign. And, I mean, it, I'm always a little less excited for a goalie prospect. Price is going to be a goalie for a long time. But Ryan Paling signing, we've talked about this. It, it's always a bit of a, a stressful thing with college players. Wouldn't be the first player to not sign with his team that drafted him. I was so happy when I saw that news that he signed. And we're going to get to watch him play probably in, uh, in Laval next year. That should be exciting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, there's always it's always in the back of your mind when when you have a prospect and I mean, he's going into his senior or he would have been going into his senior year. You know, there's all, always nervous, especially with a first round pick. You know, you don't want to the guy that we had that we have so much hope for. Exactly, so. and like he's had such a good year and all that. And and the thing is, is people always talk about like not wanting to sign like draft Russians, but I'm thinking like in a recent memory, I feel like I I remember more college players. Like switching yeah. teams and not going to the team that drafted them. Yeah, I mean Carolina's dealing with it right now with yeah, one of their prospects, right. Adam Fox. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, those are the rules. At the end of the day, the the kids got to do what's best for him. But, um, <laughs> it kind of sucks. I mean, they they do get a compensation, right? Like, only if it's a first rounder. So oh, Carolina well. wouldn't get any of that. As a guy was a second rounder. Well, that sucks. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, it's super excited, super excited. Then the same day, Primo signs. Yeah, I mean Primo. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Nobody was really talking about it because everybody was was uh, you know th- worried about pre or uh, paling not yeah. signing. But uh, I think I think goaltenders in general have a bit less of. Uh, but I mean, like, he had nothing left to prove, really. I mean, he's been oh yeah, so well, good. His, his team, his, uh, the I forget what they're called, but they, they the northeastern. They, yeah, the northeastern. Like I think you retweeted them actually. That uh, maybe it was someone else that they they sent out a t- tweet thanking him and saying they just went by far the best goaltender. In uh, in team history. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, brought them to, to new heights. He'll always be remembered there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, amazing, amazing career there. I mean, it's a goaltender, so we might not see him in the NHL for a few years, but I mean, it's always exciting to have a top prospect. And I mean, it's not like McNiven or Lindgren lit the world on fire in Laval this year. Yeah, well, I mean, Lindgren. I mean, the plan, obviously, at this point is going to be... I mean, he's not going to be in Laval next year. No, no, for sure. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be Primo and McNiven. If Lindgren can't cut it as a backup in Montreal, he's going to be gone somewhere mm-hmm. else. He's going to be traded on waivers. Somebody will pick him up. But, uh, I mean, it's... Uh, the Rocket are going to have so much depth next year. I mean, two great young goaltenders. Yeah. I mean, uh, Primo, obviously, I mean, we all know what he's done. We're all, all super excited about him. McNiven... Unfortunately, he's super underrated. Never, never really gets the the coverage that he deserves. I mean, he was the 2017 CHL Goalie of the Year. I mean, that's nothing to. And he's played really well this year when he got the chance to actually play a steady amount of games. So I'm excited he, to see what they can do. He's he was better. I feel like he was better than Lindgren this year. Overall. He was. Oh, definitely. Like, was he statistically? I mean, yes. I haven't, I haven't yeah, looked he, at the stats too much, but. I mean, uh, the he games that we saw and all that, he definitely looked like... Yeah, he struggled a bit, a little bit at the beginning of the year, but again, once once Ling, when Linger got hurt, he really stepped up, stepped up his game. Uh, and then, on, I mean, on defense now, I mean, you got Josh Brook coming in. You got guys like, I mean, Juleson, who knows if he's going to be back. You got Kale Fleury. You got Scott Walford yeah. that, uh, that they're going to be, hope should be signing relatively soon. I mean, the Canadians have a guy uh, that they drafted in 2017 in the fifth round, Jarrett Tiska. Yeah, who's been who's been great, and then and I mean, there's they're wondering maybe the Canadians won't even sign him. 
because they just don't have the room for him <laughs> at this point. So I mean, if you know, if if you're not going to sign a guy like Jared Tiska because you have too many good defensemen already, it's uh, that's that's pretty amazing. I mean, it'll be good to have a good year from the because this year I was so excited going into the year for the Rocket, and then they just kind of just didn't. It just there was I don't think I saw them win this year, and yep. I, I went to like a handful of games. I think you you said you saw I them went win to once. About, yeah, I won. Yeah, I think it was, it was second to last game I went to see. <laughs> I went to see them. I think about ten times this year, and I saw them win only once. That's but that's uh, nah, next year for sure is definitely going to be a good year, good year for them. And uh, I because you just mentioned the 2017 draft with Jared Tiska. Uh, someone uh, mentioned this. Uh, I think uh, I forget who it was. One one of the beat reporters for the Habs. The draft in 2017 is looking absolutely phenomenal for the Canadians. Ryan Paling in the first round, Josh Brook in the second, Yoni Ikenen, Scott Walford, who you just mentioned, Kale Fleury in the third, Jared Tiska, who you just mentioned in the fifth, Caden Primo in the seventh. Yep, that's crazy. Like they, they could all <laughs> potentially one day play in the NHL. I mean, Tiska's probably the lowest likely there. Yeah, definitely. You know, but still, I mean, he's been pretty solid. Like, like that's amazing. <laughs> like, I, that, that that's the type of draft that could potentially turn a franchise around in a few years. That's that's uh, that's phenomenal. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, crazy draft. Even in twenty eighteen. Exactly. Yeah, that's well. The, the twenty seventeen draft. I feel like this year took such a jump for the Canadians. Yeah. Like we knew it was a that's good draft, true. but this year like exploded. <laughs> I mean. Next year we already have Kachinyemi on the Habs, and you have Romanov, Elonen. Like it's been crazy two years, crazy two years. Trevor Timmons, thank you. And they got a lot of picks coming up this year too, yeah. so it's it's the future is bright. All right, so sure. uh, moving on. So now we have the prospects to talk about for today. Uh, so uh, with polls again, this one or yeah, yeah. So we yeah we ran the poll again. So the guys, or, well, the first of all, the Habs prospect that uh, you guys voted us to talk about was Josh Brooks, so the newest member. Well, if you don't count Primo, the newest member of the Laval Rocket. Uh, so, I mean, obviously he was drafted in 2017, second round, as you mentioned before, 56th overall. Obviously had an amazing season this year. Yeah. I mean, 59 games, 16 goals, 59 assists, 75 points. Obviously what he did in the World Juniors as well. In this year he was on, a, on not a bad team. I mean, obviously they got eliminated in the first round, Moose Jaw. It was a bit of a disappointment for them. But, I mean, he... He did it all for them. He was play, played on the power play, played on the PK. Obviously, naturally a right-handed defenseman. He played a lot on the left side as well, showing showing that he can play both sides. Obviously, something that Claude Julien and Marc Bergevin really, really love. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's I think that's a big reason why they love Jordy Ben so much. He even played wing <laughs> a lot during the season. So, you know, any time that, that the team needed him, he was he was there to step up. I mean, up. I don't think that aspect is going to translate to the no, NHL. Prob- but, probably, you know. <laughs> probably not. I wouldn't I wouldn't hope so. But I mean, if he can if he can play both sides, I mean, that's even better. And actually, how is he doing in uh, the bracket? Uh, he well, we'll be doing the CHL final tonight. Okay. In the in the bracket, so he'll be up against Nick Suzuki. That, oh, that's a, that's because so far, I mean, it, predictably, I mean, there hasn't been, unless I missed it, there hasn't been any upsets, right? No. Yeah, there, there, no upsets. I mean, it, it's what we expected, but now we're in where, yeah, like, who yeah, knows? Now it's going to be interesting. Suzuki and Brooke, I, who do you pick? Who do you, like, how, that's a tough one. We'll find out today. That is a tough one. Well, to today pick. we got Brooke against Suzuki and Paling against Primo. So it's going to be two, uh, two good I think polls. I think Paling will win because the center is more sexy. Yeah, probably. And uh, no one cares about goaltending except you. So, Caden uh, Primo <laughs> might, in my opinion, might be the best goalie prospect right now. Yeah, and that would be uh, there's. I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me, 
they would throw some other names out there, like uh, guys like probably even like Demko and uh, and the uh, Luconin for uh, for Buffalo, I think. But uh, no, I or even Di Pietro for uh, for Vancouver. But P- Primo, in my opinion, is the best goal t- goaltending prospect right now. In the I mean, that's that's that, that's never a bad thing to uh, to hear. But I mean, but Paling is an amazing prospect too, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah. So uh, that should be a, some exciting matchups then in the bracket. I, I'm actually really curious to see who's going to win those. The other ones, they were all like 90 percent. Obviously, we expected that, but. The ones coming up should be really exciting. Yeah. But, I mean, Josh Brook, I mean, obviously he was drafted in the second round, so, they, I mean, they had high hopes for him right off the bat. He was a little inconsistent his draft year and even the year, even last year. I mean, he dealt dealt with some injuries and stuff like that, so he didn't have the necessarily the year that that, that Habs fans were hoping that we'd have. But, I mean, this year he just <coughs> went off. I just blew up this I year. Mean, great two-way player. He has the size. I mean, great, great first pass as well. He can do it both on both ends of the ice too. He needs to put on a little bit of muscle, I would say. I mean, he's six uh, one, under two hundred pounds. So yeah, he can put a on hockey a DB bit more has muscle. him at one ninety two. I mean, I never know how up to date they are, but yeah, six one one ninety two. You definitely want him to put on some muscle. But I mean, nineteen years old, he's got time. But uh, I mean, if he can, if he can follow, you know, fellow twenty seventeen prospect Kale Fleury, what Kale Fleury did this year. I mean, if he can do have the same sort of year next year that Fleury had this year, we're going to be set for a long time on D. That's uh, I I love to hear, especially considering how bare it is right now on D. Uh, I mean, as far as young defensemen for the Canadians, you got Mete basically, the ones that are already on the team. No one else I see long term on this team. I mean, Shea Weber's going to uh, he's going to yeah. start slowing down eventually. I mean, Petrie, I mean, he's like thirty one now, I think. Obviously, Mete. Juleson, we'll see. Hopefully, he bounces back all right from uh, from his injury. Juleson, that's right. Yeah, I completely space on Juleson. But aside from that, so guys like Kulak, I mean, yeah, he'll probably be back, I guess, next year. Uh, Riley, I, I, I Riley's mean, basically I mean more, an afterthought uh, at this point. Yeah, I mean more long term, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, for sure, with guys guys like, well, even Juleson. I mean, he's still young. Mete, you're gonna have Brooke Flurry. Walford potentially, and uh, and maybe the guy that we're going to be talking about now, 2019 draft prospect Cam York. I think he, he he potentially could fall to the Canadians, though he has been on the rise as of late because he's he's been tearing it up with the U.S. national uh, development team. Yeah, looking at the his uh, elite prospects uh, rankings here, he goes between 12 and 15. So it could be like maybe a steal of the eight drops to the Canadians kind of thing. But right, still in the in the general range for the Canadians. Exactly. He, I mean, he start at the earlier in the year. I think he was more like around the twenties, but like I said, he he has jumped up quite a bit. Um, potentially, he could slide because I mean, he is kind of small. He's five foot eleven, about one hundred and sixty pounds, but kind of reminds me a bit of basically a better or at least a higher ceiling version of Victor Mete. Okay. So he's he's the kind of guy that you know probably like ten years ago would. I mean, maybe he would have been drafted, but certainly not in the first round. A guy like Mete would never be playing in the NHL. No, never. Ten years ago at 19 years old. Yeah. Same kind of guy. I mean, he's got great speed, never afraid to jump into the rush. He's definitely got a better shot than, than Mete, however. I mean, I have a better shot than Mete. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, but he, he's, that, he's just that new age defenseman yeah. at this point. So, I mean, he's got elite elite skating. I mean, unbelievable skating. I, I feel that's more important now than... than like the, the 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 day of the slow six four two hundred and thirty pound defenseman is pretty much over. I mean, there there there's some anomalies, but the anomalies that are that size are the ones that are like amazing talents that can 
yeah. get, are still able to be like quick and agile while being that size. So. But if he's there, I mean, he could definitely be a great pick for the Canadians. Uh, who was it we talked about last week? As you mentioned, uh, I think it was a Ford. It was, uh, was Kaliev. Arthur Kaliev. So, so, so between the two, if, if they're both available. Oh, Kaliev. Still Kaliev? Yeah, 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 yeah you, you're really high on Kaliev, eh? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Cam, Cam York would be a great defenseman. I think... I mean, you already have Mete. Do you really want that many small guys on your team? Well, what I like about I, I feel like looking at the prospect pool, you got a bunch of centers, and I mean, who's I want to like I want a goal scorer, you know? I want a sniper. Like, and that's that's definitely Kelly. Exactly. But uh, well, I mean, we could use a left left defenseman. I mean, right now the Canadians have a lot of right defensemen. Is it Romanov left or is he right? Romanov is right. He's left. Or, uh, He's sorry, right. left. He's left. He's left, and they have Mete as well. Uh, but aside from that, it's pretty bare on the right side. I mean, they have Brooke, they have Fleury, they have Walford, they have uh, somebody else. Forget who. Well, Tiska, I think, is right-handed too. But who knows if he's going to be with the Can- uh, Juleson is the guy that I'm thinking. Of. Oh, Juleson. But yeah, Cam York. I mean, he would he would be a great pick. I don't know if he fits necessarily what the Canadians will, will be going after. I mean, they maybe want a uh, more of a big guy. But uh, I mean, Cam York's going to make a team very very happy. All right, so we're definitely going to get more into the uh, potential uh, draft picks once uh, we get to that time of the year, but uh, uh, probably do another another poll next week for. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, we're going to keep it keep it rolling. Uh, well, I mean, like you said, the Canadians are still playing hockey right now, so it's not a, not really our our primary focus, but uh, it might start becoming more of a focus in about yeah, a week. Ho- hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. And uh, yeah, so before we go, so we talked about a little bit about the. The, the bracket. So what else is left? So you mentioned. So we got the CHL final tonight between Suzuki and um, Suzuki Brooke. and Brook. We got the NCAA final today as well. Uh, it's Paling and Primo. Uh, tomorrow we'll have the uh, the other two section finals. It's going to be Romanov against Yelonen in the European. Okay. And, uh, and uh, that could be really close too. Be a good one too. And yeah. in the AHL, it's going to be Jake Evans and Kale Fleury. Yeah, I mean, yeah, four good matchups. I mean, like, I don't think there's any upsets there. It's it's, it's who you expect to see in the final four. Uh, it's not like the real March Madness. I'm yeah, sure you. I don't true. know if you paid attention at all, but well, even in the real March Madness, there weren't that many upsets. Well, there were a couple of upsets. Nothing crazy, but I mean, Duke got kicked. I don't. Yeah, know. I haven't been true. following it that much, but that's I just true. figured Zion is apparently the that's best true. player ever. So, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be. So I mean, tomorrow, well, Tuesday and Wednesday, or no, Wednesday and Thursday, we'll have uh, two more games on. Uh, Thursday, we'll have the uh, final, one of the final like fours. The yeah, conference finals, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically the conference finals. And then on uh, Friday, we'll have the other, or not even the conference. Well, basically, it's going to be the final four. We'll have the two final four games on Thursday and Friday. And then on Saturday, is going to be the, the, the championship game. The championship game <laughs> during potentially prospect. another... Well, there you go. I remember a few years ago... I mean, there's been years, because the Canadians and Leafs seem to always play each other in the last game of the year. There's years where the Habs need to win to make the playoffs. There's years where Leafs need to win to make the playoffs. It always makes for a great fucking game. Even the ones that end in heartbreak, it's it's usually a great... I have memories of some... I mean, I don't know if you remember... I don't know. We did you, I don't think you hung out with us back then, but we're at Frank's house for the game. Were you there for that? Was, no, I know you. I know exactly what game you're talking about when they lost like six to five against yeah, Toronto. Exactly. And <laughs> our so we're at our friend Frank's house for this game. It's his house, but every time he leaves the room, <laughs> the Canadians score. So it's the end of the game, and the Canadians need a goal, and we're yelling at him like aggressively. Like I remember wanting to kick his ass because he <laughs> wouldn't leave the room, and then the Canadians lost, and then. 
we blamed him. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching that game at Scotty's like it was yesterday. And that was like 10 years ago. More than 10 years yeah, ago, I think. Yeah. 2008. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since the last game of the year has been like make or break for, yeah, for yeah. one of the teams. Uh, hopefully it's the same this year because it could not be. But hopefully it's the same this year and it works out for the Canadians. Hopefully. Yeah. So. That would be a bitch to get to, to get to the last game in Toronto. Beat us. And we don't make the playoffs because of that. That, that would, would definitely, definitely. I'd have suck. to quit Twitter for a little while. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but not until we finish uh, the 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 bracket. So keep an eye out for that for sure. Also keep an eye out for the next poll for the next uh, podcast. What, uh, what, prospects what prospects you want us to uh, to talk about? And uh, we'll we'll do another one next week. When we do it depends on what happens with the Canadians, basically. So follow us at the Habs Forum on Twitter. Dustin's always updating uh, when uh, when the next pod's gonna be, and uh, that uh, covers it for tonight. Have a good one, everyone.